Alright, so welcome back. So Louie, I want to talk to you something, I want to talk to you about something I think is just hilarious and kind of sad at the same time. But uh, these principled conservatives, or I say quote-unquote principled conservatives, uh, have you heard of them? Yes, I have. Yeah, so talking about the Joe Washes, the, the Bill Crystals, uh, you know, people such as this, which back in 2016 said, hey, if you vote for Donald Trump because you're a bad person, it's not that you might have a reason to vote for Trump, it's not that you uh, well, you, you, you hate Hillary Clinton and you're scared of what she's going to do, so you're going to vote for Trump to protect your uh, schools and your churches and all that. No, it says you're a bad person. Well, I, yeah, have you heard the news? Well, I'm hearing it now, mm -hmm. and I didn't know, but I do know the Bill Crystal types, mm -hmm. and those type of conservatives seem to only think that their limited view of conservatism is the only way forward. And if you disagree with them, they'll impose their vision of conservative values on you, yeah. which is completely contrary to the principle of conservative leadership and liberty and everything that we know. So to me, it's just authoritarians with a different face. Yeah, and what makes it even better is that they're literally coming out saying they're going to vote for Bernie Sanders, and Joe Washington said he's going to campaign for Bernie Sanders. Now He's Republican, right? He was. Oh. Uh, I actually met Joe Walsh. Like, he used to be a smart guy. Oh. And he even helped get Trump elected. He was stumping for Trump in 2016. And now he's gone so off the rails, he's going to try to get a socialist elected because he thinks a socialist is better than Trump because Trump can't control his mouth. You know what's funny that in Honduras, um, it's a joke, but it's true, the current president is a narco-trafficker. But they would rather vote for a narco-trafficker over a socialist, mm -hmm. and they do it time and time again. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if we can play this lesser of two evils thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we play into that over and over and over again. Like, whatever happened to our principles and really following through with that, I don't know why we have to jump on to one personality. People fail you. I mean, obviously, I mean... Yeah, I can't think of one person politically, and we've talked about this already. Even you know, one of my political f heroes, Ron Paul, I don't agree with him on everything. Yeah. So why would you pin your hopes on one person to solve all our problems? I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's really sad because a lot of these, a lot of these people aren't really smart. Let's like take Bill Crystal. He's he's actually a pretty smart guy. He ran Newsweek. His father is Irving Crystal. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the the uh, I'm going to get a lot of crap for saying this, but he was a great neoconservative thinker. Mm -hmm. uh, he. He, he's the one that kind of founded neoconservatism, and he wrote the book about it. And most people don't realize a lot of the values we have today, a lot of our ideas do come from Irving Kristol. Mm. So, for example, Irving Kristol wrote that capitalism in of itself is not a moral system. It is purely an economic system and therefore is insufficient uh, for us to latch on to. So to make it completely workable, we have to uphold our moral values and moral systems in place of capitalism, not through government, but through our churches and communities. Mm. And, and this is what conservatives say all the time. I mean, this is what uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and all of them said. Uh, and so, yeah, Irving Crystal is actually an interesting guy to read. Mm. But people like Bill Crystal, like, it's, kind of, uh, it's really dishonoring his father, I think, when his father, who actually started out as a socialist and moved over into a really intellectual after that, people like, people like Thomas Sowell, even. Mm. Uh, does, it does them really great, dis uh, does people like that a really great disservice? that he's going to vote for a socialist now. Or Joe Walsh, who voted for Trump originally, is now going to vote for a socialist because he's just lost his mind. That is concerning. Uh, if you don't have a political bearing to guide you in this turbulent waters, 
that we're now seeing from 2020 beyond, we can't have political leaders lashing on ideas like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're either one thing or the other. I'm like, you either believe in these values that we believe in, limited government, free markets, personal responsibility, or you don't. Yeah. And to me, this is just another version of populism. Somebody who's latching on to ideas. I hope, you know, and I don't know Joe personally, but I mean, I'd love for him to, to explain his position on that because I don't see how, in this instance, how putting a person like Bernie Sanders in the White House somehow is an improvement over President Trump. I mean, yeah. truly. Mm-hmm. So another one of these principled conservatives, uh, uh, his name is Eric something. I can't remember his last name right now. I can probably figure that out later. But he, he literally tweeted out the other day that he's casting a, uh, what's, what's the vote called? Where you vote for someone just so you, someone loses. Oh, okay. Understand. Uh, yeah. Well, 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 yeah, what's that called? Uh, well, it, a protest vote. So, okay. so he said, I'm casting a protest vote against Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary just so I can vote for Bernie Sanders in the general election as a protest vote against Donald Trump. Okay. And I'm like, and then he says, thanks, America. I'm like, no, no, that, that's a you problem. That's not an America problem. Because he, he's engaging in something I call the binary fallacy, yeah. which I'm trying to get that in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so the binary fallacy is when people take an option and another option and try to make them the only two logical options and there are other options mm-hmm. if you don't like bernie sanders you don't like donald trump you don't have to vote for him mm-hmm. you can choose not to vote mm-hmm. or you can vote for whoever the libertarian party candidate's going to be or whoever the green party candidate's going to be or whoever the independence party candidate's going to be you can vote for all of them mm-hmm. now they might suck but it's not a binary mm-hmm. I, I can almost guarantee the libertarian party candidate's going to suck mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a binary. You don't think Vermin Supreme would make a good president? I actually don't know. <laughs> you should look it up. I, I, I know Bill Well is running against Donald Trump, and he was LP candidate mm-hmm. once. And I'm like, what are you doing? There like, was a recent article that uh, from one of the pollsters, and I forget her name now, but it was passed to me, and she kind of predicted Trump's winning. She was one of the only ones. Yeah. Did you read that article? No, I haven't read that. So it, it's similar to what you're saying, that they're predicting that people no longer are voting based on the candidate, like they're not for, let's say, Bill Clinton or, or George Bush. They're against Trump or they're against Bernie Sanders. And those are the people that are turning up to vote. And that's why they're, they're having a hard time predicting what's going to happen. Yes, yeah, and there's actually a great segue into the last thing I want to talk about is what is a conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of these people aren't voting conservative and they're voting anti-left. And I think that's really problematic yeah. because this gets us to voting for people who are anti-left but still big government. I mean, at this point, why not just have a European-style Marine Le Pen run? It is concerning. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and the people that surge through the Republican Party, um, not always the best people. I mean, politics attracts a lot of different people. And I was at the Republican National Convention in 2012 when I was a delegate for Ron Paul. And we had enough delegates in the majority of, I think it was seven states at the time, and in the middle of the night, Romney's lawyers colluded with the RNC and they rewrote the rules so that Ron Paul wouldn't have the majority. Now, Ron Paul wasn't going to win, but the whole point was that we had the opportunity to bring our ideas to the platform mm-hmm. and hear our concerns. But instead, the party, the national party, shuts down. So this is a result of national party politics, I think, because they've mm-hmm. done it to the Democrats, they've done it to the Republicans, and people are getting tired of it. And that's how you get a, a President Trump. Yeah. He's an outsider. You know, he's not beholden to political class. He doesn't really belong to anybody except for himself. It's a dangerous character if you think about it. I mean, frankly, he's done better than I had hoped, but 
if this turns out to be, what if we got a mayor of Bloomberg after him? Yeah. And that's what happens. People play any state. Oh my God! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine Bloomberg running the country? I mean, so we're, we're latching on to people that are dangerous, mm -hmm. and the anti-vote is real, and it, it takes people who have real conservative va values to speak up. This is our time, really. I don't know if it's ever. We always talk about you know how important elections are, but these are very important now. Every time I look away and I step back because you know I need to take her my business or I need to do something personally, I look back. And there's somebody worse that got elected. Mm -hmm. So every time we look away, it's like we're dropping our guard. And you know, as conservative-minded liberty people who believe, you know, and to me, you know, being a conservative means, you know, you preserve the original ideas of this country, which were the free market values. We believe in capitalism. We believe in a limited government, which is the hallmark idea of personal property, yeah. and 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 then you know our personal responsibility. If we can't defend those values, I mean, we're lost. I think this is a broader problem of since we're voting anti the other side, this leads to garbage people being able to run and do well. This is how you get LeBron James coming out saying he wants to run for president. Oh my god! And he could he could actually win a lot of vote he a would. lot of votes. Uh, it's how you get Kid Rock coming out as wanting to run for president. He would win a lot of votes, mm -hmm. and they both suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and this is a real problem because there, if we're just voting anti the next party then what this really means is we think that the next election is going to be the last election. Mm. Yeah, that's the only reason you have to vote anti-something. Mm. Because you think the other group is so bad, so awful, mm. that you have to vote purely against them mm. because you think there won't be another election after that. And we see this rhetoric all the time. Mm. We saw in 2016, if Hillary Clinton wins, it's going to be the end of America. Right. And, then, and now we're seeing right now, if Donald Trump wins, it's going to be the end of America. They're already saying he's illegitimate. The election hasn't even happened yet. Mm -hmm. uh, or when Obama was running, like you, mm -hmm. you know, you had yeah. Obama, or the country was going to go down in flames. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's the same rhetoric, and I think people are a little weary of it. Yeah. But um, for us, the people that are listening to this program, we are the real warriors of this movement. Mm -hmm. We cannot let up, and I encourage people to get involved because we don't have the kind of impact at the national level. I think YL has that right. You know, you can't go around chasing these congressional seats. They're expensive. They're hard to win. But these state rep races, these state senate seats, we can win these seats. And mm -hmm. they don't take a lot of money, but they take a lot of people and a lot of yeah. people like us. And the, the, the benefit of people like us is we can go into communities where traditional conservative voters haven't set foot in. Like here in Houston, I mean, it's been 25 years uh, with the same candidate, the one that was my predecessor here in House District 148. And nobody has heard these ideas. It's been such a long time. So it's up to people like us to bring our principled message. We're not coming into this as Republicans. We're coming into this as concerned patriots. Yeah. And we believe we all want the same thing. People want to live happier lives, fuller lives, fulfillment. But they can't do that when government's oppressing them. But they don't understand any of this. I mean, can you blame people? I mean, it's it's... It's, you know, it's like the Matrix, you know, you can't just red pill someone, you know? Yeah, that's why I hate when people say uh, red pilled because it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like mm. when the left says woke, it doesn't actually mean anything. Mm. Uh, teach values. Mm. When you're saying you're red pilling someone, then it means you're teaching them something unknown, something new, mystical, mm. uh, that everything they see is a lie. No, it's, you teach them uh, the values, mm. teach them the ideology, because the ideology doesn't matter, conservatism does matter and teaches good values, and that's not a red pill. That's a, it's just reality. Yeah. And, and so that's why I get really annoyed with that stuff. Just like when the left says woke, it means you've, you're awoken. Mm -hmm. uh, you 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 awoke to 
the truth that you're actually racist. Mm. Like, like, no, you're That's just silly. No, you're just a jackass. Like, <laughs> what to me, uh, being in politics, being an activist, it's kind of like being a lawyer, somewhat. Like when you go to law school, they teach you common law, they teach you case law, but that law is actually not what's going on right now. It's just the foundation. The way it's being applied is completely different. That's why you, they say it's practicing law. Yeah. And I think we have to practice our political values. So for all the people that are libertarian, small L, big L's, you know, we can read the books, but you know, you coming out of the university and, and trying to apply that in the Repu uh, Republican Party, it's d totally different. Yeah, you, And that's how the real, wor wor uh, the real world works. Mm -hmm. If you can't bring your ideas in a way that people can kind of slowly digest them and start kind of embracing them, we won't make any headway in any of these efforts. Which is one of the reasons I get kind of annoyed when people are like, oh, the Republican Party isn't this, oh, it's not what I thought it was. Well, the Republican Party is a coalition. Mm. It's your job to uh, influence the coalition. That's right. Um, but uh, with that, what's, what, what is next for Louis Larada now? So, um, speaking of coalitions, it's broad, making the coalition stronger and bigger. So, um, unfortunately, like my district, House District 148, is a Democrat district it's now like I'd say like 60 40 mm -hmm. Democrat so it's it's coming our way but it has to be people like us running these races yeah otherwise we're not gonna reach people and what's unique about what I'm trying to do is I'm not playing identity politics because people are like well you're Hispanic you know this is mm -hmm. this is the end I'm like no I'm trying to teach people I'm like it really shouldn't even be about the person my uh, so uh, the candidate that's uh, that I faced previously um, she's white, Jewish, and, you know, people in the Democratic Party were upset because, like, well, this is a Hispanic district. You know, we should be represented by a Hispanic person. And I thought, that's a very interesting thing for you to say because you should be focusing on what her values are, not the complexion of her skin. Mm -hmm. So the Democratic Party has completely played this the yeah. wrong direction. So us, as liberty-minded people, we need to come in and tell them, like, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, this is how we see the world. These are your problems, and, and there's so many problems in these yeah. districts. If you live in a blue district, just take a look around and make Democrats in this district own their problems. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. Like, people don't like the schools, guess what? This has been a Democratic district for 40-plus years. Mm -hmm. You don't like the way that, you know, your taxes are going. Like, well, guess what? People in this district have been spending your money, you know, unwisely. Do something about it. Vote differently. Do something different, and people will listen. But we have to we have to build these coalitions. Yeah. So for me, um, with my background, it's building coalitions with small businesses because small businesses are actually the leaders in the community, in my opinion. Because as an entrepreneur, you're the one that's providing uh, for 20, 30, 40 people in the company. Yeah. You know, you put it all together. I'm like, people are going to listen to you, and Hispanic people understand that. And I think uh, in the faith-based community, uh, they have to step up too. And they have to understand that this is a multicultural world that we live in. We don't just live in a Judeo-Christian society anymore. Yeah. Here in Houston, I mean, uh, one of the congressional races is labeled the most multicultural districts in the nation. And, you know, we have people in the GOP that you know, are denouncing people because they're not Christian or because they're Buddhist or because they're Muslim or because they're it's, Indian. It's so dumb. It's it been a big problem in Harris County and Houston generally is uh, log cabin republicans getting uh getting blocked out of uh conservative events it's i mean i think most republicans get this now that the re republican party has to be all-encompassing but there's still some people out there who don't get it and it gets so nauseating it is and it's it's sad because to me it's not even about the log cabins all right it is about them but the principle of the matter is that we're holding them accountable to a standard 
that we wouldn't do to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's very subjective. I'm like, yeah. so are we a party or are we a club, you know? Even the Washington Examiner came out and said, what, what are y'all doing? It's concerning. So, I, you know, we're going to keep fighting the fight. You know, I, I told the people in the Log Cabin Republicans, just like I told the HYRs, and I tell the people in the Republican Liberties Caucus and the Young Americans for Liberty, we have to keep fighting. Like, we can't get hung up on what, you know, the obstacles that, that we're going to face because we're going to keep facing them. Mm -hmm. It's never going to get easy for us. The path is always going to be difficult. But you have to enjoy the process. You have to be able to move people. You're not going to convince everybody. There are people that are on, on far extremes. But we have to be talking, you know, like you and I are talking. We're talking to an audience. Right. So even though you and I might disagree, what are people thinking as they're listening? And the audience is what's important. So you have to know how to tailor your message so that people that are listening will understand. I, I understand where he's coming from. I understand where he's coming from. I prefer this guy's point of view. At least they could see the distinction. You gave them that option. And the Republican Party hasn't done a good job of even engaging people in these districts. So yeah. leave it up to people like us. Um, you know, I'm going to spearhead this fight until November. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to work really hard. Um, my hope is that, you know, I'll find new donors, uh, people that can sponsor, you know, our Liberty events, people that can sponsor the right candidates. And we have to build lists. So this is something as a candidate and an activist that I, that I did really well was you have to build distribution lists because this movement needs people. Yeah. And people often are single-minded issued voters. So, you know, it's just, it's very common. So instead of trying to give them every topic in the world, you know, and try to put it on a push card, what you stand for, you know, try to give them something targeted. Yeah. And if they respond positively to that, then you need to gather the information, put them in your database and start using that. So this candidacy is a great tool to, to, to do that. And I hope to help future candidates that want to run for a state representative or a state senate and uh, I can work more, you know, on the fundraising aspect and, you know, targeting Hispanic voters, doing this in Spanish, because people in our community, they need to hear about our message. I can do it in Russian. Hey, there we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for so much for coming on. Uh, if the audience wants to know more about you, where can they find you? Sure. You can find me online, uh, Louis Larota for Texas.com. That's spelled L-U-I-S-L-A-R-O-T-T-A. F-O-R Texas, and I'm also on Facebook, uh, Louis Larota for Texas 148. All right, Hayward, thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do it again sometime. Yes, let's do it again. All right, thanks, guys.